We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. <sighs> it feels good today. I just had to, let's all just collectively breathe while we are recording this. We had the inauguration today, so it, it's a new day. Yes, it is, as uh, Xavier said on Twitter. So we'll be talking about that uh, to open up the show today. But in terms of combat sports, we have boxing to talk about. Uh, reports of Canelo's next fight. We have a Fulton versus Leo card to preview as well. Then we're going to recap the two UFC shows from this past week and preview UFC 257 featuring Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. So tons of combat sports to talk about as well. Dre, you've been a busy man today, but I'm sure you took some time out to one, either see Trump get his ass out of the White House or two, see some of the inauguration and see a new regime come in to the White House. Yeah, I watched. I mean, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, there was a part of me that was like, "Man, I hope he don't get killed." Like, I don't. I shouldn't have that kind of dread, but I yeah. did. I was just like, "Man, I hope he doesn't get shot." So I watched for that reason. I watched, and I was like, "Man, I gotta keep my eye on this fool." And um, I mean, it, you know, inauguration was a uh, it's an inauguration. We got a new president. Hooray! Uh, I'm happy, you know what I'm saying. It's just there's still a lot to a lot of work to be done. But fortunately, uh, we have the Democrats have control of the House and the Senate. You got Biden, so there should be some changes. Unfortunately, people are very unrealistic in what the president can and can't do, and how laws get passed, 
and how things change. So some people can just have completely unrealistic expectations like t- uh, uh, student loan debt disappearing. That shit's not going to happen. So I, I only wish- need that 10 G's, baby. Duh. Take away 10 G's. That leaves me with like six left. Yeah, it's just, yeah, that shit ain't happening. You shouldn't get your hopes up. Um, ten? I've, I can do ten. I, I've just watched a lot of people go back, you know, and talk about the Obama administration. It was like, yo, he ain't do nothing for black people, so don't get excited about Joe Biden. And that shit pisses me off. And here's why. Barack Obama gave us the Affordable Health Care Act, which was for black people whether you want to admit it or not it's not like obama could just come out as a president and go yo i'm uh passing laws for black people you can't do that the president of the <laughs> united states but what you can do is you can have health care for all which is somebody you know as african americans in america you know you're disproportionately uh uh you just you just don't have health care there's so many black people who just don't have health care for that alone was significant and everything that Obama wanted to do, it got caught up in the House and the Senate. So I just hate when people say shit like that. So when you look at Biden and Kamala, you're, they have these unrealistic expectations of what they can and can't do. The reality is, is almost anything is going to be better than what Trump has tried to do. Because let's be honest here. Trump gave y'all a bunch of false promises, too. Where's that fucking wall? I ain't seen it. You seen it? I mean, allegedly, there's 400 miles of this shit. Yeah, okay. I, I saw one video of someone just peacefully scaling the wall, dropping down the other side, and booking it. So I don't think it works, wherever no, it, this ball is. Dude, presidents have... They, it's not like a, a monolith where what, the president can come in or dictate and just do whatever they want. They are a symbol. And, then for, and Obama was a symbol of hope, and Trump was a symbol of hate, and Biden is a... And Kamala are symbols of hope. And hopefully they can make some kind of changes. But let's not go into this expecting police brutality to disappear and racism to be eradicated and classism and all this. other. It's just it doesn't work like that. But other things are going to happen. And if you pay attention, you'll see some changes. And if the, there are things that you don't like, you know, uh, you can argue with your vote. You know, that's that's what voting is for. But it's good to see that Trump is gone. I, somebody that can read is in office now. We got somebody that's not going to, you know, rally against white nationalists. But the thing I'm most concerned about is how much power is Trump going to have out of office? And what I mean by that is, you know, he's talking about this Patriot Party, which is funny because it had something very similar in the 60s and 70s, which is very reminiscent of Antifa, but whatever. Um, but he's taking what, it back. Yeah, but that's that's what he's going to do. He's no longer the president, which means he can be as unruly as he wants to be. So there are still going to be people that are energized by Trump. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to you know, change laws, but that's not what they were here for in the first place. They're here to just start shit. And the, the racists are still going to rally. They're still going to hate Biden. We'll see what happens. That's my biggest concern. But, yo, just I'm happy to see that his ass is gone. You know, you know, anybody else to this show, I didn't think it was going to happen. Fortunately, the COVID pandemic, that's that was that was the tipping point. It was a wrap. Yeah, there was no coming back from that one. No, nah, I couldn't have predicted that one. But that no. that's what got us over the hump. And even still, even though you know people say that Trump lost by a blowout, still way too many people voted for his dumb ass. Way too close. Um, considering everything considered, way too close. But you look at it and 
listen, you ask what's going to happen. I mean, the racists are now going back into their shells and just awaiting for the next time when it's okay to be racist. I don't think they're going back in their shells. I think, I think, oh, my entire Facebook with people like full on Trumpsters are now saying, well, we have to be united and okay, you know what? We do have a new regime. So let's make sure that we're just kind to everyone and lead with kindness and blah, blah. What? Because is that what happened the past four years? Not that I'm saying that you got to continue on the path and now it's like, ah, fuck you guys. I mean, I'm not fucking with y'all. Like, we just not going to talk. But I won't openly be an asshole in your entire comment section as though you were to me and everyone else. So it's going to be less brash. But now they're calling for peaceful and, oh, yeah, let's not make it about that. It's about unity when you're just going to go be racist off your keyboard now until it's cool again to be racist on the keyboard. Yeah, I, I think they're still going to be out wilding. I don't think nothing's really going to change in that sense. I mean... Unless Trump comes out, and like you said, like unless he ends up with the number one show on the ONN network or some wild shit like that, or he gets a weekly spot on Fox News where they just let him, you know, get his shit in wrestling term-wise. Um, you know, unless he does that, I, I don't know if there's a platform for that negativity anymore i think they're gonna go back into hiding there definitely is i mean they were created because of obiden i mean because of obama like the birther movement the tea party movement like all those things came from obama they were in direct response trump was a direct response to obama so with biden in office and them still feeling energized they're not gonna go away they're gonna still have their shows and their bullshit It's, it's gonna be there it's just they don't have the man in the oval office to push that narrative but they're still going to do it on their own. You think Jason Whitlock's disappearing? You think Candace Owens is going somewhere? Think nah. Tammy Lauren's going anywhere? Nah, they're they're still going to be out, probably. Out, yeah, I guess there is an audience. Yeah, Outkick's still popping. It ain't going nowhere. Clay Travis is still doing his thing. They don't give a fuck. They don't care. You think Dana White's going to stop? Look, Dana White, which we'll talk about in a minute, I sat here and thought, I was like, yo, there's no reason why there should have been a UFC card in the middle of the inauguration. No. If Trump won, do you think this card would have happened right now? No. Dana would have been at the White House yeah. celebrating. Yeah. The, the, the shit is still going to be there. Just because the election is over and we have a new president doesn't mean things are necessarily going to change. It's a symbol of change, but watch your back. I'll say that much. Watch your back. and shit's still going to pop off. What's the defining moment of this Trump regime? Like four years. And I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be a negative moment. But what's like the defining moment? Like what's the thing that sticks out in your head? God damn. I don't know. Uh, the, Was it just two weeks ago? I mean, yeah. The, the, the storming of the Capitol building was that. I mean, that was absurd. I ain't never yeah, seen no shit like that. <laughs> but between that, like how he handled the the, uh, the tornadoes in Puerto Rico by shooting jump shots with, with paper towels. Um, his entire handling of COVID. Uh, again, it was the defining moment because that wasn't a race thing anymore. That was just fucking gross negligence. Um, but you could just run down the list of the things that he's done. So I don't think there's any one singular defining moment, even though it's the storming of the Capitol building, because that's my recency bias in effect, saying like, yo, that was the most absurd thing he's done. But it's been pretty much everything. I don't think there's been like two and a, two months. Nah, fuck that. I don't think a month has passed where we didn't go, God, what is he doing? 
Yeah, especially this last year. Um, once COVID hit and he had like a lot of time and people had a lot of time, he did some dumb shit. Yeah. Glad it, I'm yeah. glad it's somewhat over. I'm just, you know. Yeah, I feel like COVID's the sticking point. With giving people $1,200 for nine months is probably the worst thing. And then the last month not doing anything. Yeah. In, in fact, not acting like it exists. Like, there was not a second spike. It was all the election is rigged. Listen, like, he man, never mentioned COVID. My man was calling it the China, the Kung flu. Like, he... <laughs> he still calls it the China flu. Exactly. So, it's oh, it's God. It, it's just, again, man, it's ridiculous. Like, there's, there's good people on both sides. Listen, man, we had a pandemic and we had racial unrest in this country at the same damn time. That's fucking nuts. That's insane. You're not supposed to have both of them at the same time. You had them at the same time. You had a pandemic and protest at the same time. That's that's insane. That's this the Trump administration is absurd. And it almost makes you forget like people like Mike Pence and you know like they they're horrible people too. But Trump was so bad, he made you forget how bad like George W. Bush was. It makes you how forget how bad all these other people are. They're still here. They ain't going nowhere. They're going to be fighting. So be careful. Keep your guard up. Protect your neck. <laughs> nah, definitely. Um, that brings us to Trump and his pardon list. So this shit came down to like the last hour, middle of the night. But the list was released. Lil Wayne and Kodak Black get pardons from Trump. One, I'm not sure if it matters for Kodak Black. He might be right back in in like six months. Yes. Lil Wayne, though, we talked about it when he went and talked to Trump. We talked about it on this show. We highlighted the importance of not looking at Lil Wayne as any type of savior or, you know, like role model in hip hop. But it comes down to the point of, he did a direct deal, it seems like, for his freedom. I want to say at least it's a little better than what Kanye did. Am I going too easy on Lil Wayne? Yes. At least he finessed the finesser. Fuck Lil Wayne. Come on, man. Fuck. He fuck. got one over on him. Fuck Maybe. Lil Wayne. Listen, Maybe. man. Maybe. I don't know. Lil Wayne don't give a damn about you. No, don't give a damn about me. He don't give a damn about black folk. He don't give a damn about black people. He cares about Lil Wayne. And the fact that he gets pardoned. Now, listen, I had some friends that were like, this is cool. You know, he's pardoning. Fuck, fuck him. Like, for real. Like, yeah, he yeah, he can rap. But come on, man. You know, like, Mumia Abu-Jamal still in jail on death row. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Asada Shakur still can't come home. Like, if political prisoners were getting pardoned, cool. But that wasn't going to happen. This is like this was about creating a relationship with people who don't really fuck with us. Lil Wayne don't really fuck with us like that. So if Trump said, "Yo, I'm having a um, a Patriots party event, and I need you to rap and get your friends involved," you and Kanye, do you think how many idiots do you think would follow those two? A good amount of idiots, yeah. believe it or not. And, and, and Wayne doesn't care. He don't care, give a shit about none of this. He don't care about Black Lives Matter. He don't care about the Democratic Party. He don't care about what's right and wrong. He cares about his bottom line, which a lot of people vote for their money. 
And Trump is all about his money. So this is like anybody. I can't celebrate this. I know what this is. You know what I'm saying? Kodak Black? Really? Man's about to go to jail for, you know, the whole video with my, like, come on, man. What the impression that he's leaving, he's trying to get ingratiated with a certain community that didn't really fuck with him. So he'd rather get to their fans. Kanye, like, fans of rap music didn't mess with Trump. Fans of Kanye, if Kanye says I mess with Trump, then you saw a certain segment of rap fans going, hmm, Trump may not be all that bad. And that's absurd. Mm. So that, the same thing, man. So, yeah, seeing that list, it's like, come on, man. Come on. It's ridiculous. No Joe Exotic. He's, yeah, yo, more worse than almost anything else, he's gay. <laughs> like, Trump was like, nah, I'm good. No, yeah, Trump, Trump was like, okay, a white guy wants to get out. They're like, yeah, uh, he's gay, by the way. Eh, yeah, I'm, then. I'm straight. <laughs> like, he, he's like, I'm straight, literally, and just left him there. <laughs> guy hired a limo. It's cold-blooded. Oh, well, too bad for you. Carol um, Baskins is like, phew. <laughs> she like, yo, look, if this guy gets out, I'm a rap. So yeah. she's have she's partying today. She is excited. But that brings us to today, the inauguration. Listen, highlight. And I understand new regime, everyone, it was great. The highlight of today, <sighs> Michelle Obama was fine. <laughs> and I'm not even like a huge Michelle Obama stan, but she crushed it today. Shout out to everyone making the memes saying she looked like Magneto, though. That shit had me in tears. <laughs> but she stepped out the hair with the curls. and It's such a <laughs> stark difference from when Trump and they showed up for the Trump in, um, inauguration. What? Trump was four years ago, obviously. When they showed up for that, and she was just like, I don't want to be here. Like her whole face, she just had the ponytail and like the little bun up top. She was like, yo, I'm not here for this shit. Today? She showed out like it was homecoming. Yeah. Stepping out. And Obama was just salt and pepper haired up. He had the waves going. The the dark Caesar. Can't tell them nothing. Listen. But yeah, Michelle, Michelle Obama stole the show. Yeah. I mean, listen, seeing Kamala and Michelle and then thinking about black women and how maligned they've been in this country and disrespected. And black women really saved the country. And we got to give them more credit. You know what I'm saying? And so when you see... Michelle Obama, you know, looking regal, right? Like her and Barack. Like it's so crazy. When you look at Barack and Michelle, and then you look at Donald and Melania, like, ugh. You look at Barack <laughs> and Michelle, it's like swag. Like that's that's relatable. Like I was watching I went back and watched the Desus Amaro with Obama. And I'm like, Trump couldn't do this shit. Obama's talking about hoops. Obama's cool. Michelle? She's cool. She's somebody that you would want your kids to be like. The great speakers. So when you see Michelle step out, you're like, yeah, I can dig that. That's that's what I'm talking about. That's America. Trump and Melania, that's also America. It's a fucked up part of America, though. Michelle Obama made George W. Bush cool. No, nobody's made George W. Bush cool. Listen, she's made George W. Bush cool. No. It's okay. I'm not saying his presidency was cool. I'm saying... She has contributed to him being cool in 2020. Their bromance? You can't hate on the bromance. That's just funny. They're sneaking candy. All this shit. It's completely different. Not talking about his presidency. Talking about him being cool. And people looking at him like, oh, yeah, that's her best friend. They're besties. Like, whatever stupid fucking song is out right now. That's my bestie. Like, that shit. Like, that's them. 
she's made him that's she is that cool he is somewhat cool by proxy so yeah michelle crushed it today i'm telling you i felt a little cringe when my fellow puerto rican came up though who jennifer lopez let's get J-Lo. she's so wet oh my god i was like j-lo don't go j-lo that's all i one i didn't know what she was singing then they were like oh she's singing like america the beautiful i was like wait you gave her like a real song to sing i was like oh this shit's gonna go real bad showing a rod stunting down there with all the <laughs> with all the politicians you know a rod thought he was like the man so i was like fuck she's she's gonna mess this up she started off it was decent then the vocals hit where she had to hit real notes and then got a little rough and then halfway through she just went straight new Yorkian. And I was just like, oh, I was like these people don't know what the hell is going on. And then went back to singing poorly. So I was like, maybe, maybe that's not the right spot for J-Lo. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool on J-Lo. Like just. Yeah, I get Lady Gaga. I get it. Yeah, of she course. She can sing. But look, man, J-Lo, when they announced J-Lo, like my daughter was still sleeping. I was like, I'm going to go wake up my daughter. I ain't watching this shit. Like I, I just had no I was not interested in seeing Jennifer Lopez do anything. And I I know that people love her and talk about body goals and she's not a bad actress. When it come to this singing shit, let it go. Let it go. Like let that shit go. Please. Yeah, it ain't for her. No, nah, like, man. Dancing, God. she got it. Acting? Uh, it's decent. Kind of. Might be kind. But listen, I I let it rock. Singing? Nah. Yo, people had the jokes saying, are they pumping in Ashanti's vocals? Right. From the back. Like, Ashanti's vocals will make it any better? No. <laughs> but but that's, that's where the bar was. The bar was set very, very low. Um, shout out to Lady Gaga, who had the dipset eagle on her chest, though. Yeah. That shit was gigantic. Um, so, it was, it was a crazy event, start to finish. And then, of course... Everything settles down. We're sworn in. There's a little speech. Um, and like we talked about to open the show, people are excited. They're happy to see Biden and Harris and what it means going forward. And I mean, my god sister who lives in Orlando, she had the custom shirt for her daughter, her daughter that says, like, um, my vice president looks like me yeah like and what man a god niece is like four so like little stuff like that where it's like yo that's it's crazy the same same similar feeling kind of how we got when brock was um elected i was like yo that's just really fucking dope we you know you had uh, my president is black and all that stuff do do you feel like especially because of the climate now that looking back that this is going to be and you know with harris being vice president specifically like a turning point i mean that's still yet to be seen man like i i can't call it a turning point in terms of i mean there's two ways to look at it right it, is it a turning point in terms of over the last four years absolutely it'll be a, it'll be stark contrast but is america really going to change the stripes in the next you know over the next four years i don't know i don't know what it means and you know Getting, I mean, just kind of think about this monumental changes in your lifetime of presidents. And, you know, for me, I was born when Reagan was still here uh, on his way out. And it was Reagan, Bush, Clinton, 
Bush, uh, Obama, Trump, Biden. Things haven't changed all that much, right? It, it hasn't been it hasn't been that crazy of a of a yeah. difference. So turning point for America, I don't know. It just it's going to be better than it was for the past four years. I, I, I mean, I would say I can't say it hasn't changed all that. I mean, yo, having a black president was unfathomable. That's symbolic, at though, one right? Point. Like that's symbolic. Yeah, even like symbolic. Like I get policies, you know, fairly the same. I, I think what's the biggest policy change in my lifetime? Gay marriage. I mean, yeah, you could say that. I mean, between like that's that's the biggest change I've had in my lifetime, directly affecting me and like my family members. Yeah, okay. So it's great to see like you know my peers who are gay able to marry and get rights and get insurance and like that's the biggest policy change in my lifetime, probably. Yeah, and that and that's huge. And I mean, obviously. You know, depending on where you live, because laws are different, you know, things like three strikes and there's a lot of things oh, that yeah, only enhance yeah. the prison industrial complex. So it depends. Marijuana being legal. That's a, in a lot of states. That's a big deal. Um, but a lot of these things happen. And, I'm, and, you know, when people say a turning point, you know, in order for there to be a true turning point, we'd have to really look at like classism. We, there's a lot of things we'd have to look at outside of just like, um just law like certain laws there's it's a lot of shit i mean shit you still gotta deal with the supreme court like there's a lot of shit this country still gotta deal with i mean we're still a war country at the end of the day who knows what's gonna happen in the next four years hopefully nothing but you you don't know but america it doesn't really change its stripes it's just the rest of the world isn't laughing at us anymore they're like all right well they got a real president now yes you know that's cool but we're still like the only um, first world country that has this ridiculous healthcare issue, and they worked really hard to fuck over uh, Ob- Obamacare, the Affordable Healthcare Act, right? It, it's, it's capitalism still what it is. Police brutality is not going to end. Things that affect us directly aren't necessarily going. It's not going to be. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed turning point things might start moving in the right direction but you can't really get a whole lot done in four years it takes at least eight and you love to see it go 12 if you get another dem in but it just never happens it always flips parties but we'll see we'll see i i'm cautiously optimistic i'm not pessimistic as i was with trump that's not listen for you to be op- optimistic is saying something so that alone 
we're on the right track. Um, all right, so let's hit the break. When we come back, it's time to talk MMA, and we have tons of it to get to, tons of combat sports. So I enjoyed this talk. It was great talking politics, but we're leaving it here. You guys stay right there on the other side of the break. It's time for combat. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. At Sports. All right, we'll be back to the show in a second. But first, everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, just that quick, we are back. And I know I promised MMA, but we got to start with some boxing news. Dre, looks like Canelo is getting that extra fight in um, reports that Canelo is going to be fighting in Miami the end of February and still leaves him enough time to hit camp and get ready for a big single to mile fight. It's interesting, though, because we had never seen him fight in Florida. Last one was in Texas. Theoretically, Texas is still open for him to fight there. But this really feels like him branching out to another group of Hispanic fans. I mean, yes, the pandemic, uh, you know, initially they wanted him to fight in Mexico. Uh, But then that just got a little bit too complicated. So Mm. he's going to fight. uh, And the good thing is this. I've seen people say, you know, it's just kind of a stay busy fight against, you know, uh, Yildim and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And why can't he fight a real fight? No, it's a, it's, it's a stay busy fight. So you can watch Canelo fight again. It's not like this yeah. fight is happening in, in uh, May or September. It's a mandatory that he's getting out of the way. Um, and so he can stay visible and busy. The best part about this whole shit is he's fighting on the zone again. This is really sticking it to Oscar De La Hoya. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they just cut out the middleman. Yeah, I mean, that's all it was. There were so many people just like, you know, 
oh man, he you know the zone that no, no Canelo he's a free agent, but he still got a good relationship with Eddie Hearn. He still got a, a pretty good relationship with the zone. It was Oscar. And when I say like I'm not saying it was Golden Boy, like I'm telling you, it was Oscar. It was Oscar De La Hoya. And now he ain't got to deal with that shit anymore. So have another fight on the zone, which seems like, you know, even though it hasn't been formally announced, but February 27th, super middleweight title defense. Yep. Uh, Avni Yildirim, Yildirim, and um, he'll stay active and he'll fight in Florida, be some people there, and cool. <laughs> so it's like he's doing what he's, he do, he's doing what he wants to do. He's not going to be on the bench. He's going to get paid a buttload of money, and then he's going to fight again in May. I don't see him getting hurt again. I I, I really look at this like how he handled uh, Rocky Fielding. Remember yeah, he, he fought yeah. Fielding in December at, at the Garden, uh, which I was at, and clobbered him and was ready to get back in the ring by May. So this the same the Garden. Time. Yeah, I was at the Garden. Wow, crazy. Um, for some reason, I thought that was in Vegas, but now you look at May and the possible venues. Easy to think Texas again. Um, who knows where Vegas is with letting in fans and everything by then. So you can't just pencil in the normal Vegas fight weekend. And then, you know, also, if it's Billy Joe Saunders, you have to look at the U.K. if they're open. Yeah, this option. feel Yeah, I feel like Canelo's wanted to fight in the U.K. Uh, everyone now seems to want to fight in the U.K. Like Any fighter you talk to, they're like, yo, I can't wait to go out and fight in the U.K., because it's crazy. Like, they treat boxing like we treat, like, the Super Bowl. It's crazy. And plus, they can have fans. I mean, they have a hardcore base. I mean, truth be told, before this pandemic happens, and I guess I could talk about it now, the original plan for Canelo was to kind of go on a world tour. He wanted to fight in other markets. He wanted, he really wanted to fight at Tokyo Dome. Really wanted to fight at Tokyo Dome. Then he wanted to fight at Wembley. Then he, I mean, he wanted to make... His run, like fighting at the Garden, was part of the plan. He wanted to expand his reach. So now, if he gets the opportunity again, yeah, of course he's gonna love. To, he would love to fight Billy Joe Saunders in the UK. Like, I think he wanted to fight like Murata at Tokyo Dome. He's just, just trying to find somebody to fight, but he wants to crack those markets because he still remains boxing's biggest star. So uh, we'll see who he fights in May. I think the, the, the lines are open. With The cool thing about being a free agent is whoever gives me the most money because everybody wants to fight me. It's not like Canelo's got to go chasing after a fight. It's not like uh, Bob Arum offering Sean Porter a million bucks to fight Terrence Crawford. <laughs> not when Kel Brook just got two. What is wrong like, with Like, how Bob? crazy is that? He's nuts. Like, Kel Brook, you just paid two mil during a pandemic to come in and take a smooth ass whooping. You can't offer Sean Sean one. And I get it. It's guaranteed. He's trying to say like other stuff is built in, but still that shit's laughable. It's ridiculous. Sean Porter's a much better fighter than Kel Brook. And that's a fight that people actually want to see. Oh yeah. It's I, yeah, anyway. It's ridiculous. That's really the only fight to make for at this moment. For Terrence Crawford, this, that's it. Bob Bob has to be real confident that he has Manny in the bag. I don't think he is. I mean, he can't be. He's not. Yeah, he's, like, he doesn't I advise I Manny. Explain. None of that shit. Manny wants to fight Conor McGregor. No, I think that's gonna happen. But I, I think that might be like a fall type thing. So like, you got to be real confident that 
all your years of you know being an advisor for Manny and the relationship being there and letting him go when you did and let him make money and whatever you got to be real confident that Manny's still like I really like you Bob so I'll fight your fighter instead of anyone else yeah that ain't happening ain't that cool <laughs> it ain't that cool we'll see uh, he's banking on something because if not there's no one left for Crawford to fight yeah no one Unless you make him sit out the year, there's no one left. Yeah, so, so so I mean, ultimately, like going back to Canelo, he he holds all the cards. So after he wins this fight, because it'd be the greatest upset in boxing history, I think, uh, if he lost, you know, he's got Caleb Plant. You know, I mean, he's got options for who he fights in May. He could fight anybody. So we'll see. He's in the he's in the best position right now. He could fight Triple G if he wanted to. He could force. I was about to say, what's the chances for Triple G? Again, I just feel like because Triple G doesn't have a title and Canelo's mm. after the titles, it's like, what's the point? But money does still talk. There could be a lot of money being thrown around. And let's just say, hypothetically speaking, Caleb Plant, Billy Joe Saunders play hardball financially. Right? And the Golovkin fight, so it's a little easier to make, even though Billy Joe Saunders is the easiest fight to make because Eddie Hearn handles that. Yep. But Eddie Hearn's also handling Triple G now. So. It's, it, it really depends on... See, it's tough not having that as an exclusive pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, but that, that's as you've noticed, the new deal with The Zone is you put it on pay-per-view, and if you buy it on pay-per-view, you get like three months of The Zone free. Or you just get The Zone, and then you get the fight for fucking 12 bucks. But people are crazy, and they'll spend $60, $70 to watch it Which on pay-per-view. Which you can't even... Yeah, that's still losing so much money out on the Golovkin rematch, or excuse me, um, trilogy. Even that, because there's still so many people who have the zone or will just buy the zone by, you know, hearsay, word of mouth. So you're still losing, what, $60 per eyeball. Yeah, it's not that. I mean, it's... It's, it's a shit ton. It's a lot of money, but... When you're doing two mil buys. If, but that fight ain't going to do two million. Their other fights did, what, 1.4, 1.6? Yeah, but I don't think the interest in Triple G Canelo is the same as it was back then. The appetite's not there like it used to be. We still want to see okay. it, but... I think Canelo got bigger, so maybe Triple G hasn't gotten, you know, increased his profile, but I think Canelo's profile is, has grown. Canelo's, Canelo's profile has grown, but the appetite for the Golovkin fight isn't what it was like two okay. years ago. Golovkin's recent performances have kind of soured fans on that fight. There's a lot of people that think Canelo's just going to go in there and knock him out. It's not like it was before. But you can really sell Golovkin winning those first two fights. You can, but the problem is is you look at the fight with Derevchenko and you look at the fact that this fight would have to happen in 68, which Triple G has never fought before. Yep. It changes the dynamic completely. And the fact that Triple G can't market that, though. That's the only thing. I know this. You know this. Hardcore fans know this. But you don't market that. You show them slugging, and you show a couple of mainstream people saying, you know what, Triple G kind of won the first fight and may have won the second. Yeah. And Canelo is gifted. You can drum up interest. I mean, it's still a big fight, right? I just don't think it's a $2 million million pay-per-view selling fight now. I think it's like one and a half. It's so hard to know because Canelo hasn't been on true pay-per-view in so long yeah and, and, and we don't know how much this brand has grown right and then on top of that because you know it's the zone subscription based service there's the way that it's baked in now it's like not only do you get a guarantee you do get a pay-per-view upside so it's like yep. 
the the guarantees are a little bit bigger at the zone because the fight's on the subscription service. So it, it's it's complicated um, because you know nobody's really doing numbers like that right now. You know, it's not like UFC is completely transparent about the numbers. Only Tyson. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so it's like you don't really know what anybody's doing, and it's hard to gauge what can be done, especially in the midst of a pandemic. So yeah. it's like who's who's really doing what, and it's just like the movie theaters, right? Like the movie theaters are pissed off because the movies are going straight to HBO Max, right? But there's an upside because these movies want to be seen, <laughs> and motherfuckers ain't going to the theater. You know, so th- that's why they go straight to the, the. I mean, they pay a hefty licensing fee to carry these movies, just like the Zone's gonna carry pay a hefty licensing fee to carry this fight, and these fighters are gonna get paid. So, pay per view does guarantee the additional money for these persons, and that's why some of these fighters can control so much. But when pay per views ain't what they used to be, you might leave a little Still bit of money tough, on the table. Man. But then, on, like, then the other thing you gotta think about is this. People share passwords to the zone. Like still, people steal pay per views. Yeah, that's also true. It's like nobody's it, like it's really. easier to share a password than it is to bootleg some shit. Yeah, it's just but seriously though, how many? Come on, you're talking to me. How many people do you know buy pay per views? We we we're dwindling. I, I know people <laughs> who buy UFC pay per views still. Like honest to God, buy three a year, four a year. Um, which is. You know, somewhat surprising sometimes. Uh, I don't know many people who really save that money to the side to buy boxing pay-per-views. People ain't buying shit like that. Pre-pandemic, I knew more people who would save money and just go to the fight. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. buy the pay-per-view. So to even put it into more perspective, it's like, yeah, pay-per-views aren't what they were. And pirating is a really big deal. And then on the flip side of that is, let's just say... Canelo fights Billy Joe Saunders. That shit is on pay per view with Sky Sports. That like that shit is pay per view in a, in another country where tons yeah, of people are like buy the fight. Fifteen dollars. Yeah, I don't but know how I, they get away with it, dude? Pounds. There's because there's huge gates like Anthony Joshua, for instance, and the motherfucker sells 8,000 8, seats at Wembley. The man makes seventy million. Like he made like 70, 60, 70 million to fight. It's insane. Pay per view yeah. helps. But boxing's such a big sport there. They don't have to just rely on live gate. We look at the live gate in Vegas. How many of those damn tickets are comped? Oh, so many. We know. We know this. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> it's boxing is different and you know, these hefty purses that fighters want. The only way to guarantee that through through pay-per-view. But the hard thing about pay-per-view is it limits your visibility. And when it limits your visibility, it's hard for you to sell the next show if nobody sees your ass. So if you're yeah. if you're stuck on pay-per-view, which stuck is a relative term, but if you're on, on pay-per-view multiple times and people are like, I ain't paying for that shit. Like if you're a Charlo and you go exclusively pay-per-view, you're limiting your audience. Yeah. But if you're Javante, you're fine because your highlights are gonna go viral on social. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. So, theoretically, 30 million people are going to see your knockout of Leo Santa Cruz, which I'm almost positive 30 million people saw that. Did they all buy the fight? Obviously not. But you go from, what, 400,000 sold to maybe 600,000 next time. 200,000 boost off of straight social media replays. Yeah, then on the flip side of that is let's just say he turns into Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner ain't sent no goddamn pay-per-views. He's a hell of a B-side. He's an exceptional B side. He doesn't win fights. Like, but it's a whole. No, it's a completely. But it's different different when you're nerfing people. You know, like it's it's different when your knockouts and your highlights are 
are able to keep you in circulation. That's all I'm saying. Like Broner doesn't have those to keep him in circulation to sell anything. He's run out of those. I can't give you the last Broner highlight. He barely beat Paulie Malignaggi. When was the last time he knocked someone out? He hasn't. Like Broner has been whack for years, but his antics. And he's coming keep- back February 13th. Yes. His antics keep him relevant. But all this to say, boxing pay-per-views don't do what they do. And if you're able to, you want to be seen so you can sell a live gate. And then you can get endorsements and sponsorships. Whatever the fuck it is, how else you get paid. But if you stay behind a paywall, when people are pirating shit, not only are you limiting your visibility, you're not really getting paid because everybody's bootlegging your shit anyway. So it's, yeah. it's risky. So if you can get a guaranteed purse to be on a subscription service, or if you can get a guaranteed purse to be on network television, it might be advantageous to take that opportunity. So when you look at Canelo versus Triple G, is it a big fight? Absolutely. Are they going to miss out on a few pay-per-views they put it on the zone? Sure. But old people still going to buy pay-per-views because they ain't got time for that shit. They are not trying to subscribe to the zone. They're like, yo, just click the shit and get me the fight. Yeah. Even though my grandma's a wizard on the, the zone app now and the ESPN Plus Your app. grandma's an outlier. She really is. She's, it, took, it took a long time. I ain't going to lie to you. Uh, it took years to get her comfortable with the Zone app. But now she can find all the fights, which is, uh, which is great. No, we have, and talking about fights, we have a fight this weekend. Showtime, Angelo, Leo, Stephen Fulton Jr. headlining it. But a fight on the undercard is just as interesting. We have Rolando Romero, Roley, versus Justin Baldo. It's a rematch. Yes. And Romero, it, according to a lot of people, was gifted this interim belt. He is, you know, trains with Mayweather out of Mayweather gym and all that stuff. And talks a lot of shit, which is cool. But he kind of came out a couple months ago and laid an egg. And it was a stinker. And they gave him that card. Yes, they did. So this time, he really has to prove it. Yeah. He does. I I don't think he's the goods. I think he's... Which is all, crazy. Like, he talks shit to, like, really good fighters. I mean, he's in that really good young class of fighters, you know, like age bracket. Not saying his skill level determines that, but age bracket-wise, he's mixed in with him. So he's sparred the Devin Haney's, the, um, you know, Javante Davis. There's allegedly film of him beating the shit out of Ryan Garcia, which I've never seen. You know, uh, sparring is interesting because it really don't mean all that much. I've seen guys sparring beat the brakes off people. Like I said, Errol Spence was, like, phenomenal to watch sparring. He just beat the yeah. shit out of people because nobody knew who Devontae he was. Devontae beats the hell out of people. Yeah, like, when when you come into a gym to get in work, you know, like, yes, Floyd got busted open by Errol Spence sparring. But it's not like Floyd couldn't beat Errol. Floyd was working on things heading into that fight. So it's like when people say things like, I whooped your ass in sparring, so? <laughs> like, because you still got to fight. So I think Romero's in a, you know, yeah. Rolly's, uh, he's a lot of talk. He's going to have to show me something because, yes, he laid an egg. And it's not one of those eggs where you go, he laid an egg, but that's an outlier because he has great performances elsewhere. No, he kind of lays eggs. So he's an okay fighter, but we'll see. Maybe he got better. He's got some shit to prove. Yeah, it, they didn't give him a lot of time to get better. It's been like three months, so he better have gotten a lot better, a lot, a lot faster than I anticipate. Um, and then, yeah, main event, Angelo Leo, uh, Stephen Fulton Jr. I expect Fulton to win this fight, 
but I don't think it's going to be easy. WBO belt on the line. Uh, I believe this is the belt that was vacated, uh, what, a couple months ago? Yeah. I think. So um, you look at this, it's like, all right, cool, vacant belt, but two guys who are definitely worthy of being champions. I think Fulton really has a platform that hasn't been boxing, what, since with one fight since Canelo, and that was Ryan Garcia. So, I mean, you, you're you really kicking off this year's boxing. Ryan Garcia still felt so close to last year. Um, so it's like a fresh slate for you. You really got to go out there and show out. And I think uh, Fulton Jr. could do that. And 122 is such a weird division now. Like, I feel like it's a division that's wide-ass open. So, two things. One, let's be clear. Nobody's watching this fight. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Everybody's watching. What else are we doing? Connor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's oh, watching this true. fight. Hardcore is yes. But it's, this is not a fight on Saturday night where people are like, ah, I just came across it. If you watch Combat Sports, Connor's event watch. He's appointment viewing. That's what people are watching. This fight, though, is yep. a very good fight between two fighters who are almost identical in just about every facet. Their knockout ratio, their height, their reach. Except that Leo's a pressure fighter and Fulton is more of a guy who reacts. And I think the bigger problem with Stephen Fulton, it's not even a real issue, is he's a counterpuncher who waits for you to make a mistake to capitalize. Angelo Leo's a guy who's just going to come at you. Kind of um, kind of a Leo Santa Cruz type, who is his, his, his defense is his offense. And because of his pressure, he could just win rounds if Fulton waits too long to get off. Because what Fulton does, he's not really a trap layer. Like a Floyd Mayweather, for instance. He's a guy who uses his natural instinct to figure things out. And sometimes it can backfire because when you use your natural instincts, it means that you're less active. And when you're less active, the guy who is more active can rack up rounds. And then before you know it, you're entering the eighth round down six rounds to one. And you're like, what the fuck happened? But I think Fulton knows this and he knows Leo's going to come to fight early. And he knows he's going to press him because that's the only way that Angelo Leo can fight. There won't be a knockout. I would be surprised if somebody got knocked out in this fight. But I I really like Stephen Fulton. I think he's got a lot more room to grow. I think guys who are very intellectual in the ring have a lot more, a longer lifespan than guys who just go balls to the wall and fight because it only can get you so far. And I think Fulton will take advantage. And I think he'll he'll squeeze out a decision. It might be a split, but I, I'm sure we'll get like 116, 112 cards. Damn, for his sake, he better hope for a knockout, though. He's not good. Because, again... These guys aren't knockout guys. They're small. They're not one punch guys. got to steal the headlines, like you mentioned. They, no, I mean, uh, not like flat-out cold knockout, but like, you know, like a stoppage. <laughs> I, I would be, like, like, uh, yeah, I'd be surprised. They're both durable. Fulton's, I think, is more durable than Leo, but Leo fights in, in a manner where um, you're going to have to catch he's him. He's used to throwing them. Yeah, yeah. you have to catch him. So, it'll be good. I'll have one eye on this fight, obviously. Uh... While I'm watching the UFC card, and I'll probably end up having to go back to watch this fight again because I'm very I'm picking Fulton, but I'm very curious how he looks because at 122 there is it's wide open for him to really make a name for himself, and I'd like to see him turn into great performers. Yeah, I can't even I couldn't tell you who's the best at 122 right now. Like it's now that Navarrete moved up. Like, who is, I mean, Neri is cool. Neri can punch. Brandon Figueroa is, he, he can. Yeah. Um, Figueroa, I all right. 
He gets hit way too much. Yeah. Uh, I forgot who the other champion is. Someone unified the titles. Uh, but, I mean, I don't think I've seen him fight all year. I'll remember it, and I'll look it up. Um, oh, Akhmadiliev. <clears throat> and Akhmadiliev is a problem. He doesn't have a lot of fights. But He's a lot like Loma when he hit the scene. Yeah, well, he you know he beat he, Daniel Roman um, in Miami last year. I was at the fight. Uh, shocked a lot of people. But oh, so it has been a year. Yep, yeah, it's been a full year. It's been a full year since we've seen him fight. And uh, yeah, I mean, you still have Ray Vargas. Uh, it's it's a division that is open. It's wide open for the for the taking. Um, and Ray Vargas is the man right now. He's the best fighter in the division. But it's open, man. Fulton's a guy who could, who could take over. But if Angelo Leo does his thing, hey. You think Vargas is the best fighter in the division? Right now, yeah. Right now, he's, he's probably the, he's the best in the division. He's undefeated. He's 34-0. Um, Dilyev is, is relatively new to the scene. Daniel Roman doesn't turn in bad performances. Brandon Figueroa gets hit too much. Uh, who am I missing? Fulton's is there, but these two guys, him and Leo, they have something to prove. So... Uh, yeah. Iwasawa is, is in there as well. I would love to see NOI move up. Yeah, he's going to have to at some point. It's, it's going to have to happen. I mean, when you when you display it that kind of level. There's a lot of people to fight at 118 if he wants to stay. There, there are, which is true. But I think at a certain point, maybe, you know, he could run into the Chocolatito problem. Where he's really good and a lot, on a lot of people's pound for pound list. But at some point you go, well, shit, man, you need to fight a name that we can see. Right, like yep. we all know Donaire, but the rest of that division they ain't jumping off the page at anybody. And then you, that's when you take those risks and end up losing. So we'll see. We'll yeah, see. seems seems like he's trying to take a a risk, but it's a risk with a smaller fighter and fighting Ioka. Yeah, that's that's a tough fight. Oh yeah, I mean, in a wise, kind of over. I'm surprised Ioka won the last fight, to be honest. Yeah. I agree. So, I mean, I get it. And if you're going to put it in Japan, like, we just saw Wrestle Kingdom at the Tokyo Dome have plenty of fans. You're trying to make money. That's a pretty damn good fight oh, for course. a gate. So, but, yeah, I would like to see him go up and dare to be great on that one. Um, let's switch gears then. Let's get into the UFC. And we'll give the end of the show to Conor because it's Conor McGregor. So, we'll use this time to talk about the two fights that just happened over the past week, starting with UFC on ABC. And I like the presentation. I hope this becomes a thing, like permanently, because I, I thought it came off well. I thought it had a nice um, amount of chatter, like on social media and everything. And I thought a lot of eyes were on it being on national television. In fact, I, I hope top ranks Swagger Jacks the model and tries to do at least two fights on ABC in the coming year. Uh, yeah, I mean, and they couldn't ask for a better card. It was a card that the prelims were all decisions. Then you hit the main card. And before the co-main event, it was all B-sides winning by first-round knockout. It was all yeah. the underdogs, which was nuts. Uh, you had the guy, uh, Joaquin Buckley, who has arguably one of the greatest knockouts ever, got flatlined. Like... 
kicked right to the dome piece. Yeah, it's dude, it, how things change. You go from a guy who is on the verge for a lot of people of stardom after that viral ass knockout, now you're somebody else's highlight. And going back to work at CVS, cruel world. I was about to say you're a CVS manager. <laughs> yeah, so but I mean the card couldn't have been a better card for ABC. They could have had like five decisions and it would have been miserable. But I think it whet the appetite for a lot of fans. Um so I'm interested in seeing when the next card is going to be and who they're putting on there because it's a lot of visibility. Everybody was talking about Max Holloway, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, I don't know if Soriano's, you know, the the underdog in that one. Which one? In the opener of the main card, Soriano. Yeah, he was underdog. Really? Yes. Oh, he mollywopped him. Yeah, it was all blue corner. It was all underdogs. Blue corner was one... Every fight until the co-main event. All underdogs. Gigi Liang. Um, G beat Ponzinibbio, which was odd. You know, Granted, it's two and a half years off. Yeah. But knocked his ass out, so didn't see that coming. And then the co-main, the fight that I thought would be the most intriguing and definitely wouldn't go to the judges, ends up going to the judges. Carlos Condit versus Matt Brown. It was cool. I think it would have been more violence if it would have happened six seven years ago ten give me ten years ago ten years ago yeah 2011 yeah nah, i mean i mean okay. come on this was Car- I carlos condit was 2014 carlos condit the robbie so, lawler versus carlos condit condit like i mean shit carlos condit back then you know he almost stopped gsp got him yeah, with the head GSP. look man yeah. almost 10 years ago this, but this fight happened in 2021 it is what it is um it was entertaining it, i mean you know it's, it was I don't want to call them geriatric because they're not that old. But they both are have seen better days. So, fight that happened. Like, when people hear that fight, if you're a Laps fan and you say, Carlos Condit fought Matt Brown, the first thing is, like, they haven't fought already? It's almost absurd they haven't fought. But second thing is they're still fighting? Exactly. Oh, word? Carlos Condit's still <laughs> fighting? Yeah, still here. Like, all right, I'll watch that. Um, so, yeah, okay, fight in the co-main. And then we get to the main event. Max Holloway versus Calvin Cater. And Max usually starts off slow. But from the opening bell, it was on. Max was on his ass. And it was just, it was two different levels of fighters. And then we grow through the fight. And Max extends the lead. And it felt like every round he had Calvin in trouble every single round and then of course we get to like the fourth round and Max starts dancing on him and Calvin can't hit him at all we get to the fifth round and Max is talking shit he's talking to DC at the table saying I'm the best boxer and does the craziest like just Bob and Weave I've ever seen and then just no look right hand bow hits Calvin in the face like wild and Max was just on a different level that night um calvin coming to the fight saying that he was a varsity boxer and max was like a freshman probably should not say that type of shit don't want to give a man ammo no not at all um so it great fight should have been stopped that's my first question yes um so there's two things one if you learn anything about watching max holloway fight the only way you can beat him is by having incredible power or be able to threaten with a takedown if you try to stand there and strike with him, you're going to lose. It's inevitable. You can't do it. Because what Max Holloway does it, that few fighters can do, he fights like an avalanche. It starts early, 
And then the snowball gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then before you know it, you're in the fifth round going, fifth round going, fuck, when does it stop? Because it doesn't stop. He's just getting revved up. You go back to the Ricardo Lamas fight. You go back to how he overwhelmed Jose Aldo. You look what he did to Anthony Pettis. It's the same thing. He's not a big Poor puncher. Ortega. Yeah, he's not a yeah. big puncher. Tissity was out for, what, two years after Yeah, that? It, he's not a big puncher, which get, it makes it problematic. Like, when we talk about, like, concussion protocol and boxing and CTE, it's not the one-punch knockouts. It's the repeated blows of the head. And that's what Max Holloway yeah. does. He should be called CTE because that's what he's doing to these guys by hitting them with several hundred punches in a fight. It's incredible, in which Calvin Cater is a really good boxer. But he couldn't handle that volume. That volume, is, it's impossible to deal with. You can't match it. And if you don't have the power to hurt Max Holloway, if you're not Dustin Poirier, who was clearly bigger than Max going into that fight, yeah. you I can't think. get him off of you. You have to hurt that man badly or threaten with a takedown, which was Alexander Volkanovsky, which is a testament to really how good Volkanovsky is. Yes, even though I still think Max won the last fight. Uh, and which is fine. He, you know, if you looked at the fight in totality, it's it's it can go either way because Volkanovski got dropped twice. But then you look at the other three rounds, you look at volume and, a lot, and you look at what Volkanovski did with the takedowns. Either way, the fact that Volkanovski was able to hang with Max in two fights, win or lose, is a testament to how good he is because the gap Correct. between Max and the rest of that division right now is what like I mean, look what he did to Brian Ortega. And then we just saw what Brian Ortega did against the Korean Zombie. Yep, it's it's insane. He's he's and Ortega's in the title fight coming up. Oh, absolutely! And he got mollywhopped by Max. Yeah, so but the thing is, just, but yeah, it's one of those things. Truthfully, Ortega's a completely like that Korean Zombie fight. He was a complete. I've never seen that ball head Ortega, Sea Level Kane, <laughs> put them all together. TRT Vitor, like they are all in the same boat now, because that or- version of Ortega, we had never seen that guy. That was a frightening guy. But Max Holloway, obviously, should get the next title fight. I know people are calling for him to go to lightweight. But lightweight's kind of crowded right now. And his last experience at lightweight, he got busted up pretty bad by Dustin Poirier. So, I would still like him to get another crack at that title at featherweight before making that decision. He's not a big puncher. No, I agree. No, there's, there's fights for him down there still. It's not as competitive as people may want. But, you know, you let someone else have a shot at the title and then, you know, Max is probably stay busy one more fight and then he's the next man up. Yeah. So it's incredible performance. And then they had the Wednesday card during the inauguration, like you said, started at 9 a.m. Eastern. Wild time to start a card. But it was fun waking up to MMA. And then, um, I mean, the fights were okay. Roxanne Modafferi lost the decision, which I was like, all right. Um, but I wasn't overly impressed with either of them in that fight. Uh, it was a decision fest up until Ike Villanueva gets the stoppage. And, oh, earlier in the night, um, Habib's nephew? Cousin. Or cousin. Habib's cousin made his debut, which is cool because it's nine years after the date where Habib made his debut and got a rear naked choke stoppage, just like Habib. You know what? Before we talk about the rest of this card, can we talk about Dana White being the scorned girlfriend who has a closed-door meeting with Habib and comes out of that meeting to make an announcement on ABC? And the announcement goes something like this. Uh, I talked to him. He still don't want me. But, you know, 
he 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 still wants me. I mean, I think I could I could talk him into it. You know, if if I come, if you know, maybe if I get my titties done, maybe he'll come back. He said maybe. So the door is open. Even though he said he don't want me no more and he broke up with me, he still wants me. And I think if I get my ass done, he'll come back. That's what that shit sounded like. Because Khabib basically said, no, I'm done. I told you I'm retired. And then Dana had to say, well, what if Connor looks amazing? And he's like, all right, if he looks spectacular, all right, I'll think about it. You know, you break up with the girls like, yeah, maybe I'll call you. You ain't calling her. Yeah. That's what that shit sounded like. How desperate can you be? This is the same man. That Dana White says, if you are thinking about retirement, you should leave the sport. Khabib didn't just think about it. He told your punk ass, I'm done. I'm out. And you were just like, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. And he's like, yes, I am. He came out to see his cousin his cousin fight. And you want this heaven meeting, Khabib? I think I can make this work. Khabib's like, no, you can't. Give me a chance. He doesn't even want to fight I- Connor. Come on. No, I don't think it's Connor by any means. Like, it'd have to be. The only fight there is GSP. I got to be some. Yeah, Mike. Or Michael Chandler has to look amazing. No, that wouldn't get him out. You got to give him something new. It's GSP. And and even then, because he made the promise to his mother after his dad died of COVID, even then, that's a stretch. But the only fight that I think could get Khabib to come out of retirement is if you say, look, man, George St. Pierre is going to fight you. It's a legacy fight. What does Khabib yep. gain by fighting Michael Chandler or Dan Hooker or even Charles Oliveira? Nothing. Nah, nothing, nothing more. He's his legacy of beating the best is already solidified. It, it's done. It's it's done. It's just GSP. That's it. It's the only name that I think Khabib. If you've known Khabib, if you ever talked to him, you bring up GSP to Khabib, and he's like, his eyebrows go up. <gasps> I'll take that fight. He didn't like Connor. Yep. That's the only reason why he beat the shit out of him. But outside of that, now that his dad's gone and he's made that promise to his mother, ain't no lightweight going to get Khabib out of retirement. No. Dustin Poirier could, dude, Dustin Poirier could beat the shit out of Connor. Khabib's already beat him. Yep. Ain't changing nothing. Yeah, nothing at all. Anyway. And then uh, we had the main event of the Wednesday card, Michael Chiesa versus Neil Magny. I mean, it was five rounds of Michael Chiesa looking great and using his wrestling and ground skills. Um, to really put a stamp on that. So, it's cool. I don't know where Kiesa goes next. He called out Kobe Covington. I'll take it. But how you don't... Yeah, but I... I you gotta go full MAGA. The official death of MAGA, which is Masvidal versus Covington next. Yeah, if, if for any reason that fight doesn't happen. Um, you know, it, the extraordinary thing is Kiesa was the winner of the Ultimate Fighter 15 at lightweight. And from that point on, anybody that saw Kiesa in person... I've interviewed him a few times in person. You look at him and like, there's no fucking way you make 155 pounds. There's just no, no way. It's big as hell. Like, how did you do this? And now that he's at 170, he's 4-0. He's looked pretty damn good. Beat Pettis. Mm-hmm. Beat Dos Anjos. And then he, he just kind of handled Neil Magny. He was, I mean, he suffocated him. So, yeah. He's not exciting for like guys who like to watch striking. But at this division, this is a very strange division. Kamaru Usman's the champ. And if I Gilbert Burns on February 13th, um, many people expect him to defend the title. After that, who's left? I really want to see a Wonder Boy fight. It's really that's, that's all that's really left. Yeah. Everybody else has kind I mean, of washed themselves out. Great in the last fight. Yep. But I'd say Wonder Boy would probably be that next man up. Um, 
Yeah, that's it. Unless you acquiesce to wild ass McGregor dreams again. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that. Kind of stuff. Yeah, so he still got to win a fight. So yeah, he got to win, but you you never know what the hell happens. I don't he necessarily doesn't even have to win. Uh, if the man said he wants to challenge for that belt and there's no one else, like that's Dan is going to say yes. So. Um, let's hit the break. When we come back, we'll talk about Conor McGregor. UFC 257 coming up this weekend. So you guys stay right there. We'll be right back. We'll get right back to the show in a second. But first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back and we're talking UFC 257 to wrap up the show. Decent card. It's all right. I'd say it's a better card than Conor's card last year versus Cerrone. Sure. But still, it's Conor heavy. So, this week has also been Connor Heavy. The man showed up in a yacht. Like, I'm not staying in the fighter hotel. Pulled up in his own yacht and just parked that shit next to the stadium. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, it's Connor. come on, that's that's the lore of Connor McGregor. He just keeps adding to the narrative. Um, but also, on the negative side of fight week for Connor. A woman issued a civil suit in the sexual assault allegations, um, suing him for millions. And I think uh, maybe her mother's in on the suit, separate suit, also suing him for damages. So it's one of those things where as much as it always looks like Connor's rededicated himself and he's turned the corner, these things are always looming now. It's part of being rich. Um, for better or worse, because I'm not saying Connor didn't do it. I won't go it that far but the more money you get the more exposed you get you're gonna get sued it's just the way it is but this kind of shit different story um and it makes it complicated and you know dana white's gonna have connor's back so we'll see what comes out of this civil suit the whole sexual assault thing it's the man's got two kids going on three better clean this shit up better have some better friends to keep you out of trouble relax enjoy your money yeah Stop being a young knucklehead. You're not a young knucklehead anymore. No. So, uh, yeah, just act your age, Mr. McGregor. Um, before this slips my mind, I'll say this on wax because I don't think I can really pull this off. But how amazing would it be if I could make a graphic and a poster for a Kobe Covington fight versus Jorge Masvidal where it says MAGA powers explode. And it's the same MAGA powers explode poster. That would be pretty incredible. Of Hogan. Yes, I really got to pitch this. I don't think they're going to go for it. They're not. But that's incredible. I might just create that for the timeline. Just throw that shit out there for free. Let, let it bubble up. Uh, so if you guys see that, you know where the hell it came from. But back to UFC 257, we then have, outside of McGregor and the 
shenanigans and everything of the fight week, which is actually he's been respectful by Connor's standards. It's I he mean respects it's Poirier. He did the same thing with Donald Cerrone. They went there and beat the shit out of him. That's also true. <laughs> um, he looks to be in great shape. I, it looks like he's trained even harder for this fight than for the Cerrone fight. A little more focus. I don't know if it's COVID and just shutting shit down. You can't be a you know globe trotter. And he's been at home. He's been with his family. He's been training. Um, his son's in the gym with him every day. He seems to really enjoy that. So it's it's been like a little bit of a change for McGregor heading into this fight. Um, we'll give our prediction for the main fight here in a second. Let me go through some of the prelims or the undercard. So prelims have some decent fights that I'm looking forward to. Khalil Roundtree on the prelims. And Khalil, when you're looking at him, it's like he's shown glimpses, never really put it all together. And I feel like this is a fight where for him it's always knock someone out or get knocked out. Yeah. So knocked out by Johnny Walker, somehow knocks out Sakai. You're like, cool. And then gets knocked out um, versus Kudalaba and then comes back and beats Eric Anders. So this fight is another one where he should probably win this. Get some momentum. Should be an entertaining fight. Uh, after that, Julia Juliana Pena versus Sarah McMahon. Cool little fight. Pena was really good a couple years ago. Yo, Pena's kind of falling off. Um, one, Sarah McMahon has, like, the best arms in all of women's MMA. Like, that girl's <laughs> arms are incredible. Like, I want her arms. They're, they're incredible. She's 40. I know. I don't know how she stays in that shape. She looks, I mean, when you see Sarah McMahon, she looks incredible. And obviously, you know, was being a world silver. Was first loss to Ronda? Yeah. yeah. I mean, look. Yeah, her first loss was to Ronda. Her first loss was to Ronda, then she struggled. Tate Nunez, I think she lost to like Mary Renault. Um but Juliana Payne is just kinda like she had that that injury that put her on the shelf for what, like two and a half years? And she's just yep. never been the same. And I think this is Sarah McMahon's fight to lose. This is this would have been a main card fight like two years ago. Now it's not. Um I think Sarah McMahon will probably win this fight. I think she'll out wrestle her. Yeah, I can't pick Pena to win again until I see it. Granted, it's a lot of time, right? You can get really healthy and get back to your groove during COVID pandemic times and all this stuff. But it's it's hard to capture that confidence again. You know, in the, the, here's so, the weird thing, right, with Pena, is that she's lost to two people during her UFC run. And that is um, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, who beats everybody. Yep. And Jermaine Durandamy. Now, when I say that, you're just like, well, then how can you pick Sarah McMahon to win? What bothers me about the Durandamy loss is she got submitted by Jermaine Durandamy. And that's her game. <laughs> that's your game. That's like, How does this happen? You're not supposed to get decision by, I mean, submitted by Jermaine Durandamy, a kickboxer, who I don't think has ever submitted anybody with a guillotine? Makes me question what's going on. So um, that's kind of why I'm picking Sarah McMahon. I think her wrestling is better, and I think she can just kind of smother. It's not like Juliana Pena is a great striker. And we kind of know what we're getting out of Sarah McMahon. It's going to be a heavy grappling wrestling-type match. I think she should win this. You might have talked me into taking Juliana Pena, though. Because that's true. Those are two pretty good losses. They are. It's just the submission. When I Man, I remember watching that fight. I was like, are you serious? I think 
the odds for Jermaine Duran to me to win by submission was like a plus like twenty thousand, something absurd. People were cleaning up because she didn't submit anybody. She's a kickboxer. That was stupid. Yeah, that's wild. Um, I like the next fight a lot too. Brad Tavares versus Antonio Carlos Jr. That that is a really good. They're gonna fight. throw hands. Yeah, like they're gonna throw hands. Yeah, I think uh, Carlos Jr. wins, but. This is a good fight. Uh, the best Carlos part. Carlos Jr. is a big-ass guy for that weight. He me. is, and he's got his nickname is Shoeface, and I'll just never get over that shit. <laughs> so I have to pick him. <laughs> Got to pick Shoeface. Fuck it. And then, um, okay, prelim main event. That's weird. Um, I don't know why that's the main event of that one. Um, Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Rivas on the main card. Give me Rebus with the win. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, she's young. It's, like, it's straw weight, to me, is, they're not at the point where they need young, you know, like, blood yet, because I think there's still a lot of good matchups in that division. But Rebus sent Paige Zant to bare-knuckle fighting. Yes, she did. Like, it's one of those, like, oh, okay, statement made. Yo, but the And I love the personality. She has a ton of personality. She's marketable. I think this is a good card to put her on. This is. But here's the thing about uh, Marina Rodriguez. If you look at her record, she's only lost one fight. And it was a controversial split decision loss to Carla Esparza. She had a draw against Randa Marcos and Cynthia Calvillo. She's undefeated other than that. Still picking Rebus. But I think a lot of people are just completely overlooking. They think it's a showcase for Rebus, and it could end up being that way. It's not like Marina Rodriguez. It's just she she's only lost one fight. Calvillo's been weird too, though. Yeah, and that was a draw. Like the- and I'm and this sucks because I cannot remember how that fight played out. I was trying to, and I was like, I didn't feel like looking it up, so I can't remember. I I remember we all were disappointed in Calvillo's performance, but I can't remember what happened. Wasn't as bad as her last one, where she was striking and everybody was, "What the fuck are you doing?" So, I don't know. Yeah, not nah, nothing. It's hard to be a little worse than the last one. Um, and then we have next fight up, another one where we just expect people to throw hands. Frivola versus uh, Atman. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> this somebody's getting knocked out. I, listen, I root for Frivola in terms of. He seems like a nice guy, right? <laughs> like, he genuinely does. He seems like a cool guy, like a guy who you'd hang out with. Like, he just seems like a dope person. I don't think he's going to win this fight. No. He only has one loss. So, I mean, he beat Luis Pena, um, Jalen Turner. He's gone the distance a couple of times. I I get it. This ain't the fight to try to go the distance with. No, he's going to get stopped. Uh, I'm picking for Vol's yeah. going to get stopped. That's really yeah. Good. Ottman's going to knock him out. Yeah. Period. Ottman has all the hype, all the momentum. I think, you know, this This might be a statement knockout. This might be ugly. Uh, and then we have Jessica I versus Joanne Calderwood. What a weird beef they have. Yeah, I don't even know why the beef started. She doesn't either. Just If you ask Jessica I, she's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just on site. Yeah. Like, you don't even know why it was she, started in the beginning. Like, just, like, yo, it's on site. This guy has no idea why. It's weird because when you, if you've ever interviewed or seen or listened to Joanne Calderwood talk, she talks like she, she couldn't be a fighter. You're like, there's no way this girl could be a fighter. But she's angry. Like, she's a mad woman. <laughs> and for whatever reason, 
according to her, she says Jessica I has disrespected her. Um, and I think it all started with Jessica I was getting interviewed about the division when Jessica I was near the top of the division. And she, they mentioned Calderwood to her, and she was like, she's got to work on her cardio. And for whatever reason, Calderwood just lost her mind. It was like, fuck her, in her sweet voice, the way Calderwood talked. Fuck her. And from that point on, it was on. So now they're going to settle the beef, but it's such a weird beef. It's very one-sided. Jessica does not seem like she's interested in that beef, but she's interested in putting hands on her. So I'm going to pick Jessica. See, I'm going Calderwood. Just because Calderwood seems to do this, win one fight, lose one fight. Win one fight, lose one fight. And she lost her last fight. So it's about that time. Yes, I know Jessica I had a pretty good run, what, two years ago? She fought for a title. Yeah, she fought for the title two years ago. But she also has a loss to Betch Cohea, um, Sarah McMahon, who we mentioned before. Valentina took her face off with a kick, um, which is still one of the best knockouts in women's MMA history, and then lost to Cynthia Calvillo, where it's like, yeah, granted it's a five-round fight, but still that's not an impressive loss to me anymore. So give me Calderwood to end this beef the right way. We don't even know why the beef is there, but I'm taking Calderwood to win this fight by decision. Uh, Co-main events, Dan Hooker versus Michael Chandler. It's a good fight. It is a good fight. Wasn't the fight I was expecting. If you told me who Chandler was going to fight, I would not have picked Dan Hooker. No, I would have put him in. But, you know, Gaethje, I feel, still fought somewhat recently. But I would have had him fight Justin Gaethje. Yeah, that's what a lot of people think. But But Dan Hooker is not a bad bad opponent to fight. Here's the thing, right? I'm just going to tell you. I think Dan Hooker is going to knock him out. Oh, shit. Well, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. But why? Well, because Dan Hooker is an incredible striker, right, who gave Dustin Poirier hell in a fight that should have been fight of the year if Willie Zhang and and Ioana didn't fight. That was fight of the year. That was one of the best fights I had seen. That fight was absurd with Hooker and Poirier. Michael Chandler is short. Michael Chandler ducks his head down. What does Dan Hooker do a lot? Throw those knees when somebody gets in close quarters. All the time. Ask Gilbert Burns. Yes. Who's about to fight for a title. Who ate one. And that's what Dan Hooker does. And because of that, I think Chandler's going to prepare for that. And Dan Hooker ain't going to hit him with that shit. He's going to fuck him up with something else. And I like Chandler as a fighter. Not necessarily as a person. He's been very fucking MAGA and Kanan and a bunch of conspiracy theories on Twitter. But I think that Chandler's a good fighter. But I think the UFC is getting him like at a WCW sting time. Where it's like, we got him, and it's like, we're just going to get him fucked up. And, yeah, you could have put him in there with Gaethje, but you can put him with Dan Hooker. And Dan Hooker's going to beat him, and it's gonna, I think it's going to be a really good fight. I think it probably end up being fight of the night. But I, I'm picking Dan Hooker. I'm picking Chandler by decision, which could backfire because a lot of times when these guys come in um, from a different promotion, they lose their first fight, but then go on a run. So we've seen this several times with uh, Eddie, what, Alvarez did the same yes. thing. Lost Cowboy. Came, yep, Lost Cowboy went on a run, ended up champion. Um, so you look at this, we've seen Gaethje lose, go on a run several different times. So it's one of those things where, yeah, Chandler could slip up, but I feel like this one only being a three-round fight, 
leads to a lot of violence, but I think you can make it the distance. Like you said, Poirier made it 25 minutes, not 15. Yeah. Felder made it 25, not 15. Iaquinta made it to the last bell and lost. James Vick, you know, his night ended early. Barbosa made it into third round, beat Hooker. So you, you look at that, it's like, I think you can make it 15 with him. You're going you're gonna to take some shots. You're going to be in for a war for 15 minutes. But I don't think Michael Chandler's ready for that. He, he, I am giving Chandler the win. And I really, really want to see him versus Gaethje next. So I want him to win. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's just I see what you're saying. It's just I look at Chandler and I look at he got, he got knocked out by Pitbull. Quick, fast, and hurry in his last loss. Quick, fast. And then he yeah. beat, like, Benson Henderson. And, you know, he beat Brett Primus, and Primus beat him because Chandler, I believe, like, tore his ACL or something in that fight, if I remember yep. right. The, yep. Then he ran it back. Yeah. He was whipping his ass with the ACL first. Yeah. Time. I'm not saying that Bellator has whack competition, but I am saying there's levels to striking. And I don't think Chandler, outside of Pitbull, has fought a striker like Dan Hooker. The other person to beat Michael Chandler, Will Brooks. Knocked him out. Will Brooks is no longer in the UFC. Now, I know fighters change. I'm just saying, Dan Hooker's a lot more violent than everybody outside of Pitbull. So, this could be a really tough fight for him. I don't know if he can survive. But you, you may be right. The three rounds could make a difference. If it was five rounds, I'd definitely pick Hooker. I'm a little leery because I think Chandler's still a great fighter. But I think he's just going to run into something. And I, I just hate that, that Chandler like, ducks his head down. Them damn knees that Hooker throws are savage. Yeah, it's going to be a good fight, though. Like you said, it could be only 15 minutes. could still be fighting a night. And then main event, Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor 2. <sighs> Conor knocks him out within two minutes. Two minutes? Mm. Yeah, and Poirier's fucking tough. Mm. If it goes past two rounds, Poirier's winning. Absolutely. Um, Connor knocks him out in two minutes. <sighs> All right, so I just did a big betting piece on this. There's no value in betting on Connor McGregor. He's almost like a three to one favorite, which is absurd. Wow. Because if you look at their records over the past, since they last fought, if you just go since they last fought, they both have the same amount of losses. Both of them are lost to the same guy, Khabib. The other loss they have, uh, Connor lost to Nate, and. Uh, Poirier lost, I believe, which is was his last featherweight fight to Michael Johnson. Hasn't lost to anybody outside of Khabib since. There's an asterisk by that, but I'll let you finish. Um, asterisk next to what? Not losing to anyone else. Okay. He got knocked out by Eddie Alvarez, but Alvarez threw a stupid fucking knee that he didn't need to throw, and it got DQ'd, and then he ran it back and beat yeah. Alvarez. But, but he was out cold before the knee. Yeah, but it, it is what it is. Um, Poirier has a better resume than Connor in the lightweight division. True. Poirier, yeah. Poirier knocked out Justin Gaethje. Poirier has beaten, beaten four former champions. He beat the hell out of Max Holloway. So the, the odds are ridiculous. The odds are flat out wrong. The odds, it should be a lot closer. So you can't bet. On Connor, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm still picking Connor because the thing is, is that you have to survive two rounds with Connor. 
the thing that beats Con- like I'm not saying Dustin can knock him out, but if this fight goes past three rounds, I don't know what Connor's conditioning is going to be like. I have no clue. And the thing most of all about Connor, he's never got a knockout past two rounds. Just hasn't happened. Yep. He either knocks you out or it goes to a war of attrition. And if you remember the Nate Diaz fight, he, the only reason that Nate beat him was because Connor was tired of shit. And then the second fight, yeah. Nate had, I mean, Connor had to suck it up. He was tired as hell in the third round. If Poirier can find a way to survive two rounds with Connor, he's got a great chance of winning this fight. Gets interesting. Um, the Holloway fight went 15 minutes, though, and he beat the shit out of Holloway for I mean, he pumped, but that's all different. Yeah, he pummeled, but again, it's that thing where Dustin's bigger, Max doesn't have power like that, so that volume striking didn't really matter. Because Dustin yeah. was just... He, Connor walked through. Yeah. So you look at... Th- therein lies my problem with Dustin. And you made, you made my point before I got a chance to make it. Eddie Alvarez put hands on Dustin Poirier. Yes, he did. If Dustin's a <laughs> fool, the, like the smart thing to do is try to make this as ugly as possible for two rounds. Have Connor chase you. Do not engage in a firefight because he will knock you out. Yep. If you can find a way to keep your distance... And make Connor chase and not even necessarily make him pay, right? Make it ugly. Try to clinch him along the fence. Try to make this ugly. But if you get in a striking match with Connor, Connor, look, Max always says he's the best boxer. Connor's got a great case for this because that left hand is dynamite. But also, what Connor did to Cerrone is hard to really gauge because Cowboy is kind of washed up. But if you look at that, he knocked him out with a head kick. He threw a jumping knee, which means his his awareness, his IQ is top tier when it comes to finishing. Connor yeah. doesn't make a mistake when it's time to finish a fight. He no- the shoulder was crazy. Right. The shoulder strikes. What Connor does, he's one of the best finishers in MMA. Because if he doesn't knock you out with that left hand, he's going to get you and he's going to be poised while doing so. You look at the Brandau fight. You look at the Dennis Seaver fight. Joseph just ran into one. You look at the Chad Mendes fight. That was surgical. These weren't just like I'm throwing wild punches at somebody. I'm going to catch you. Yep. Poirier's got a pretty good chin, but he did get knocked silly by Eddie Alvarez. Justin Gaethje oh. fought the wrong damn fight. And that's a third-round knockout for Connor, by the way. Chad Mendes. The second. Oh, it was only second. I thought Connor's never had a knockout past two rounds. Huh. So I'm picking Conor McGregor to stop him in late first, early second round. I think Poirier knows. Like everything that I'm saying, I think they're game planning for I think they know they got to get Connor into deep water. But I think it's a lot harder than you think it is. Because Connor's yeah. wide stance, pressure fighting, the way that he fights, you think you can strike with him, and then he knocks you out. Like, Kel, if me and you get in a fight, because you, you know the clock is there, but I'm standing in front of you, and I'm showing you opportunities to hit me. You're a fighter. You're probably going to take it. Dustin's probably going to take a chance. He's going to get caught. Yep. So that's why I think, I think he's going to get caught. I don't know if it's going to be the left hand. At some point, it will be the straight left hand that catches him. But I think prior to that, Dustin's going to make a mistake of getting into a firefight and get knocked out. But if somehow he manages to stick, Connor might hit him with a body blow. Just drop his ass. Could be. If, if somehow Dustin Poirier is smart, this fight gets very interesting after 15 minutes. Because Connor's takedown defense gets worse. His punches don't have the same amount of steam on him. And he gets sloppy. Yep. But I'm picking Connor. No, I agree. The defense gets Very, I mean, you look yeah. at the Floyd fight, and I know it's boxing, but at the same time, you got to look at what same. the punches get wider, they're not as powerful, Connor's defense is not as tight, and now you throw takedowns into it because Khabib had a much easier time taking down Connor late than early. Yeah. Connor's a front runner. That's who he is. But 
He's one hell of a front. One hell of a front. <laughs> it's one hell of a front. I'm picking Conor McGregor. Yeah. And at first, I wasn't sure. Minutes. But the more I think, I've thought about this fight, and the more I've watched Conor be super settled, and the more that I think now, and then you can take it from here, the more I think now where I look at Conor, he's not fighting for money anymore. He's got it. I think the desire's there because he fucked around and lost. And he knows it. And he's got to rededicate himself back to the sport. And it's really not that hard. He looks in tremendous shape. But I think he's yeah. fighting for legacy now. I think so. And I think Connor knows, even though he'll never admit it, in his head I think he thinks, like, the one guy who's perfectly made to beat me is gone. And if I rule for the next three years, you can't say shit about my legacy. Absolutely. So I, I think this is the first step towards that. And, listen, man, Poirier just gets hit too much for me. I, you're talking about a smart fight? I, I haven't seen, not that Poirier is, you know, dumb IQ-wise, but I haven't seen a smart defensive fight out of him. No. I haven't. Max hit him. Max just couldn't hurt him. Exactly. And then he hurt Max, what, the third round? And Max could never recover. But the first two rounds, Max was piecing his ass up. Gaethje hurt him before he stopped Gaethje. I think Gaethje might have dropped him. I can't remember. Dustin recovers and then stops Gaethje. So no, 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 no. Yeah, nah, like, if this is you catch me first, I catch you first, I'm going with Connor every time. So, yeah, nah, I... The wrestling, I don't think, is going to be there to really threaten Connor. Nope. No. Nah, so, give me Connor. Like, Connor would have to make a, a stupid mistake. Like, Connor would have to make a mistake to get, like, in a clinch. And, you know, Poirier, single leg trip, some shit like that. Poirier's yeah, a very... Choke his ass out, guillotine. Yeah, he's a really good grappler. But the fact of the matter is, is that Dustin gets hit. He's not a great defensive fighter. He's not. Mm. If Poirier wins, I could see it being guillotine or somehow he wrapping Connor's ass up. Later in the fight. Yep. I don't think... I, dude, if Dustin were to stop him early, I would be stunned. Like, I can't see. Connor could throw that left too hard, fall. Dustin just dodge it, land on his back, and fucking rear naked choke. I, I just, I mean, dude. If if you get Connor anywhere on the floor in the position of a, a submission, Connor's tapping. It's just, uh, but I think Connor loses to fatigue more than anything else. I think he panics in in general. But that's that's due to fatigue. Like, Nate Diaz, he was busting Nate's ass the first, what, two rounds? And then he got tired. Yeah, dropped him twice in that first Like, he round. didn't, I don't think he tapped because he was getting choked out. I think he tapped because he was exhausted. Yeah, Habib fight, too, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I mean, the Habib fight was... He survived the first couple rounds on the ground. Because he's explosive. He, had, he showed incredible yep. takedown defense. But you're not going to stop him early because Connor is in the fight. Connor has doubts when the fight gets deep. If he doesn't get you out of there by the second round, it's a different fight. You look at the Floyd fight. Again, just watch Connor's face as the fight is wearing on. When because for whatever reason, Connor can't gauge when he's getting tired. He can't figure it out. No. So he's still throwing everything behind yep. it and it's counterproductive. Yeah, it, and then something <laughs> like you watch the Floyd fight, and as Floyd is he knows what he's doing. Floyd's like, I'm gonna march him down, I'm just gonna wear him out, and I'm gonna get him tired, I'm gonna fuck him up. And the moment that it happens, Connor's still throwing. And Floyd's like, I got you. And then Connor's like, oh, shit, he's got me. He doesn't know how to conserve yeah. his gas tank. He can't figure it out. No. That last It's punch, like the video games yeah. when you have the bar and you got to, like, chill for a second to let your energy bar go back up so you can throw more punches. Connor never lets it chill. It's just you're constantly just throwing and keeping your bar. Yeah, he does, like, dude, he doesn't. Kavanaugh can't help him do it. It's Connor puts so much into his punches that when that gas tank gets empty, 
it's not like all right let me take a breath and get my you know get my shit back it's over he's done and then connor panics because his body doesn't know how to react and then his brain's like we're fucked the reason he beat nate the second time before more than anything are the leg Mm -hmm. kicks because they don't take as much energy as wielding and just throwing haymakers. So he conserved enough energy in rounds one and two while still hitting eight with everything to weather the storm three and four and then win round and, five. Oh, and let's also be clear about something else. Nate's not a big puncher. At all. No, no. no. Nate's not a big puncher. He just let Connor exhaust the gas tank. Yeah. Though. Nate's chin was good enough to say, yo, I'm going to just let you pound on me for two Two rounds, but you're going to have nothing. Yeah, it's like like Nate is a good boxer. He's very Max Holloway-ish in terms of volume, but he's not a big puncher. And if you look at that second the second fight with Connor, that was very back and forth late in the fight because Nate kept getting up after being knocked down, and Connor was just exhausted. The punch, the power on those punches was just not there anymore. There's no more zip. Can Dustin do that? I don't think so. But if he can, the fight gets very interesting. In a weird way, I think Connor actually needs to win a fight that goes past three rounds by knockout. He, yeah, you gotta show me something. Again, you're 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 playing with. Well, I'm not asking him to do it. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like him to do it. Play with play with fire. Yeah, I think I think it's a lot, but that's it. Kind of needs to happen for his legacy, or else he's always going to be known as this. As long as it works, it's great. But then when he loses again. If he loses again, and it happens in the same manner, because that's the only way that he loses, he gets tired, eh, he'll be always known as a front. He'll be like the Zab Judah of MMA. That's that's a lot. Oh, that sounds so different. It, 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 it only <laughs> gets that bad if Connor never shows me anything else. Zab remained a front runner his entire career. That, w- that was just what happened to Zab. And every fighter figured it out. It was like, oh, shit, just weather the storm for five, six rounds? He's tired. Yep. Nah, I agree. That's it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out. Can't wait to recap this fight next week. Thanks you guys for listening to another episode. We'll have our wrestling episode for you on Friday, so make sure you guys check back. Two episodes kind of back to back this week, and then of course we'll be back on Sunday, probably talking Connor right back at you and recapping this fight and whatever else goes on in the universe we appreciate you guys as always stay safe stay roner free you can check us out on social media at corner podcast underscore on twitter at corner club for life on instagram follow me at kel dansby him at andreas hell on all platforms shout out to the network blue wire shout out to all the sponsors check out our other podcasts wrestling with stereotypes on adfreeshows.com amazing guests we've been having we are on a run there so it is fun we'll keep pumping out content over there as well we appreciate you until next time we're out peace everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.